Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I will be chatting with Christy Sands about dizzy imbalance issues after a brain injury. This episode is brought to you by Minnesota Functional Neurology, a Minneapolis-based clinic staffed by a caring and progressive team of functional neurologists are experienced in treating post-concussion syndrome, chronic pain, dizziness, whiplash, and migraines. They are the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain health in Minnesota. They've greatly helped me and many others in the Twin Cities. You can find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Amy Zellmer, and you are listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who may not be familiar with who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in in February of 2014, and I am a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post. And I volunteer on the Brain Injury Association of America's Advisory Council. And I recently released my first book, Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal. You can learn more about me at facesoftbi.com. And be sure to check out the Brain Health Academy that I've co-created with Sue Wilson of CTE Hope while you are there. And you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. Today, my guest is Christy Sands, and Christy has been a physical therapist at Mount Washington Pediatric Hospital for nine years, and she earned a BS in kinesiological science in 2004 and a doctor of physical therapy from the University of Maryland in 2009. She has a clinical specialty treating treating pediatric vestibular and coordination disorders, and she assisted with development and oversight of Mount Washington's Balance Clinic in conjunction with occupational therapy. She is responsible for organizing physical and occupational therapy care for patients in the concussion assessment and management program at Mount Washington. Mount Washington Pediatric Hospital provides family-focused, integrated care to children with serious, chronic, or complex medical needs. Since 1922, the hospital has helped children heal from illness and injury and now treats nearly 9,000 patients each year. The 102-bed hospital is a jointly owned affiliate of the University of Maryland Medical System and Johns Hopkins Medicine and has locations in Baltimore City, Prince George's County, and in the community. For more information, you can find them online at mwph.org. So welcome to the podcast, Christy. I am so happy to have you here today. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here, and I wanted to say happy belated two-year anniversary of your podcast. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. (laughs) Um, It's kind of crazy. It's been two years, and um, it's just just starting. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just getting so awesome. Yes, I definitely know what you mean. I had the pleasure of meeting you, um, I believe it was September when I was in Baltimore, and I visited Mount Washington Pediatric Hospital, and I had the opportunity to sit down with you for about an hour and hear about what you do at the hospital, and um, I got to see the 
is the machine called the Neurocom or something like that? The big device that you yeah. guys use <laughs> to test Yeah, patient. it's called a Neurocom Balance Master. There you go. The Balance Master. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Sounds like a superhero. Um, so <laughs> I would love for you to give our listeners a little bit of your background and how you became interested in working in vestibular um in the vestibular system and, and how you, you know, how your interest came to, to work with brain injury patients. Absolutely. Uh, so I think it was about two years into working here at Mount Washington um, that there was, we just identified that there was a need to learn more about patient's balance. Um, and we were fortunate enough to be able to obtain the Neurocom Balance Master at that time. Um, my director, Susan DeBroff, is kind of a visionary, and she just knew that this was kind of the direction we needed to go. So we had the Balance Master, and at the time I was interested in balance, um, just had as a PT that general background in balance um, and also treating brain injuries. So um, I definitely had an interest in treating balance, but I wanted to learn more and I wanted to go more in depth with it. So at that time, I partnered with an occupational therapist here um, to provide interdisciplinary care. And um, her name is Long Clark, and we worked together to develop the balance clinic um, just to meet the needs of the hospital. And we sort of designed the services we were providing to address patients with all different types of balance problems, um, like orthopedic injuries, cerebral palsy, neuromuscular disorders, um, patients who had coordination problems, stroke, um, but also brain injuries, brain tumors, um, and patients who had had concussions. Um, but there was definitely a common thread um, going on with all of that, and that was problems with the vestibular system. Um, and this is something that I became very passionate about. So um, we were gaining more education, um, doing continuing education in services here um, and also out in the community, um, learning from others who were specialists in this area. And... Um, knowing about the vestibular system, how important it is, and how much help you can provide to your patients by really understanding how to focus your treatment in that area um, is something that I started to see um, through that lens for my patients. Um, and it definitely stood out to me as a way to most help them. Um, so that was kind of the path that I went down. So in a way, I if I had to describe myself as a particular type of therapist now, I would say that I am a pediatric vestibular-focused therapist, um, but that is a very big box to fit into. And um, we are treating all different types of patients, but over time um, we've integrated um, our care with treatment of patients with brain injuries in a really structured way. So all of our patients in the community who come in through the concussion assessment management program with neuropsychology will also be seen either by physical therapy or occupational therapy to capture them um, for any evaluation and treatment that they may need for balance problems. Um, and also on our inpatient side, um, we've grown and grown with our ability to address the multi-needs of patients with traumatic brain injuries and one aspect of 
their treatment as an inpatient is to be seen in our balance clinic, and we do their assessment on the neurocom, and um, we make sure that we're addressing any kind of undetected uh, balance problems that we can discover to uh, fully get them ready and um, back to as functional as possible. You know, and I think, excuse me, when I was visiting you guys, that was one of the biggest things that impressed me was that everyone at the hospital really seems to understand brain injury. And, you know, when, you know, I realize that not every patient that comes into your hospital is going to have a form of a brain injury, but at the same time, you know, if they've been in a car accident or if they were in a downhill skiing accident, you know, there's a very high likelihood that, that they did have a concussion. And you guys are very in tune with that and you do assess the you do assess the patients to see if they have any sort of deficits going on. And I know that was one of the biggest things that I was impressed with. I was like, okay, you guys really get it. Cause not all hospitals really, really get it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 I think in a way, I think we actually, we really feed off of each other with our passion um, for making sure that everything that we can do, um, we do um, for those patients. Um, but it is a good point that even if someone doesn't necessarily have a diagnosis of a brain injury or a concussion, that they might have had a, te- a head trauma um, that went along with whatever accident or um, injury that they had, or maybe they just have something that's going on with sensory processing um, or something going on there where um, we can, while they're here, address it. Yes, and I think, you know, unfortunately, I have seen far too many people who have had, especially car accidents, um, I think it's starting to get better, just starting. Um, but I've seen far too many people who've been in a car accident and it's just not even really even addressed, you know, like follow my finger, how many, you know, what, what year is it? Okay, you're good. You can go home. And then they're struggling Mm -hmm. weeks and months later and they have no idea what's wrong with them. Um, so you know, it's, it's so awesome to see a hospital that, that gets it and is um, being proactive with it. Um, Thank so, you. So, Christy, one of the things that you talked about when I was when I was interviewing you was how you, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get it wrong, but um, you'll know where I'm going with it. But you were talking how, you know, you you assess their eyes, but then you have them walk. And assess their eyes because when you're moving, and and I know from my personal experience that this I struggled for two and a half years knowing something was off with my eyes, and that my eyes were affecting mm-hmm. my balance, and nobody would believe me <laughs> until I finally mm-hmm. found a functional neurologist. Um, but you that like you get it. That's one of the that I was just like, oh my god, she gets it when you were talking about it. So, um, like I said, I probably kind of slaughtered what it is that you do, but um, I want you to kind of explain what that is um, and why it makes a difference to assess it while they're walking versus sitting. Yes. So, 
every single patient that's had a concussion or a brain injury, injury is going to present very differently. So we have to acknowledge that, that everybody um, has their own set of symptoms and things that they're experiencing. But at the same time, there are some really common threads for those patients and things um, that we know to look at um, and address. And I guess I have to kind of go back and talk a little bit about what the vestibular system is to kind of explain um, the problems that we do commonly see and what we're looking at and treating. So, um, and, and a lot of people don't even know that they have a vestibular system until something is going on with it. Um, right. But the vestibular, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, the vestibular system is deep inside your inner ear, so it's past all of the hearing structures. Um, it's very connected. Um, it's very close by, but it's past that. Um, it's deep inside your brain, inside the temporal bone, um, and it's a sensory organ that is encased in bone. So your body really wants to protect that system. Um, and just as when there's a brain injury, um, the delicate tissues of the brain are bounced around and shaken inside the head, the vestibular system actually goes through the same exact thing. So that system can be shaken up. And when it gets shaken up, um, we see problems that are both related to our ability to keep our eyes stable and keep a stable image on our retina when we're moving in space, but it also um, makes us feel dizzy and not really know where our whole body is in space. And um, that vestibular system actually um, sends a signal to your brain, and that information kind of gets organized and integrated, and it's sending messages to the muscles of your eyes and to the muscles of your entire body to keep you upright and stable. So uh, we have to look at all of these areas when we're assessing these patients and um, that vestibular system really does tie in with our vision. So as you mentioned, when you're moving in space, what you're, what you're processing and what you're seeing can be very different than when you're just sitting there reading an eye chart, for example. Um, so there's your visual acuity just sitting still, but there's also your dynamic visual acuity and how clearly can you see when you're moving. Um, so we look at both of those pieces. And um, we actually do have some, I'll call them accessories for the Neurocom. So we have that Neurocom, um, which is, it's basically a platform on the floor that's computerized and um, it has walls around it. And we can use that to measure a patient's standing balance um, how strong is the vestibular system, how well are they able to use their vision for balance, and how dependent on their vision are they for balance. We can really look at what's going on there, but we also have a head tracker, so it's actually uh, like a headband that we can put on the patient's head and have them turning their head and moving their head in different directions while we're determining how clearly are they still able to see um, so that we know, okay, you can see fine when you're sitting still, but when we're giving you that challenge of moving your head, you're really losing the clarity of your vision. It might actually look like your environment is moving. Um, and certainly that's not functional because we have to be able to look around us and scan um, in order to see and while we're moving. You know, and, and you 
one of the first things you said was how many people don't even understand we have what's called a vestibular system. And I don't know that I ever heard that term before, you know, I entered this world of brain injury. And, you know, as I said, I, I have this like constant feeling. I was like constantly dizzy. I, I always felt like I was off balance. I ran into door frames all the time and the door handles um, because I couldn't gauge um, my depth perception. And it just, and when I say dizzy, it wasn't like the world was spinning. It was more like I was just always kind of rocking. Like everything was always just slightly moving. Um, And when I would lay down at night to go to sleep and close my eyes, I would feel like my eyes were moving around and I really thought that I was imagining that. And then to find out later that that was my gaze stability, that my eyes literally were <laughs> moving around because mm-hmm. like I couldn't, I couldn't hold them steady. And it was actually really quite simple exercises. Well, in hindsight, they were simple at the time they were, they were painful, <laughs> but, but just right. To hold is, you know, and I mean, really, I mean, in all honesty, it is pretty simple. Just look at this dot on the wall. Um, but it was extremely challenging um, to do that. And, you know, it's like that vestibular system, I forget, I read somewhere like it's so small, it's like the size of a nut or something. Um, but it's so incredibly important to our entire system because the vestibular system helps us know where we are in space. And so Mm -hmm. in my case, my body didn't know quite where it was. And that's why I always felt like everything was moving and I'd run into things. And when we finally got that resolved and we finally got me into some therapy for it, like I said, two and a half years later, it was amazing the energy that it freed up when my body was no longer oh, yeah. working. Yeah. You know, I kind of relate it to yeah. like when you have a computer and you have like Photoshop and Word and Excel, like all these programs open in the background and you're trying to work on a document and <laughs> you wonder why it's running so slow. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of how I, e- I equate it is like your brain is constantly scanning for where you are. Yeah. And yeah, you, it's it's amazing. And yeah, once I've, you I've, it of that duty, it can focus on helping you in other areas. Um, and absolutely. I'm sure they see profound changes in patients once you get it working properly. Yeah, I mean, everything that you're describing is what we see in our patients. And I mean, it really, I, I can only imagine how life-changing it is when you give them, like you said, it's it's not rocket science, um, the exercises to have them do, but but what you're really doing is specifically targeting that system with just the right activities. Um, so, it, I mean, it's certainly a very skilled uh, area to be in um, to work with, but there's so so many different pieces going on um, with with the vestibular system. Um, and it's interesting because when we have that injury to our brain, the vestibular system is is damaged, and so it actually it kind of just stops working. And but our brain is still kind of searching for that information of where am I in space, and so you start to become really really reliant on your vision, and we're not really set up 
to use our vision to know where we are in space. It takes a lot more energy. It, it causes eye strain and headaches. And um, I think I read somewhere that it takes 80% more energy just to function when your vestibular system is not working for you because that vestibular system, it's an automatic process. We never have to think about that vestibular system doing its job, but when it's not there, we have to think about everything all the time. <laughs> it's basically like your compass has been taken away from you and you don't know where you are in space at all. Yes. And, you know, that was one of the things. So I kept telling doctors that my left eye felt weird. Like I couldn't describe it any differently. Like my vision was fine, but just something felt weird. And I later found out it was because my left eye was kind of drifting to the left. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you your eyes, it's just like breathing. It's completely automatic. We have never had to learn how to make our eyes work. They've always just worked, right? And so when they're not working correctly, we are just completely thrown off, and we don't know that they're not working correctly until, you know, you find the right physician that can help you. But it's just, it is. And like you said, it is so life-changing when you finally resolve the vestibular problem. It's just like, man, if I had only had this two months in instead of two and a half years in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so happy that you guys are assessing your patients so early on for this. And yeah, and we really, we really want to see them early on. Yeah, I find um, with a lot of the patients that we see, if we don't see them that early on, their problems worsen because that vestibular system, it doesn't just get better on its own. It actually becomes sort of a downward spiral where if you're not using it, if it's not giving you accurate information and you're kind of just shutting it out and trying to compensate by using other ways to balance, then that system just gets weaker and weaker and weaker. Um, And it just, it becomes so dysfunctional. Um, And then we have all of these secondary impairments um, for patients too, like deconditioning, um, just inability to participate in their normal activities, and depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm glad you hit on that because that's what I was going to say. You know, so many people with a brain injury or concussion, you know, they suffer from anxiety. And mine was actually fairly severe and I didn't even, I had no idea what was going on. Right. And then to find out that it's because, so a, um, an eye doctor explained it to me once how, you know, like if you see a mouse out of the corner of your eye, just in general, it's going to startle you like just a little bit, right? Oh, it's a mouse. Okay. But when you have this vestibular problem and you, you already have like these heightened, you know, senses because of it, you, like you see a mouse in the corner and you absolutely freak out because it completely like startles you. And like, there's this like constant discomfort and that fight or flight reflex kicks in. And so we're always, yeah, Mm -hmm. we're, we're constantly living in that fight or flight state. Um, yeah. And it's exhausting. (laughs) It absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. Your sense of safety and survival really depends on you knowing where you are in space. And it's a very primitive, 
process. Yes. And I mean, I really do think of the vestibular system as a very primitive system that's there for us to just basically survive. Um, those are protective reflexes. And um, if it's not working for us, um, it's extremely anxiety provoking. But it's also interesting just because the vestibular system has so many different projections in our body. And it's normal when when a person with a working vestibular system loses their balance. When anybody slips, your heart starts racing. Um, you might actually feel like your stomach is upset and you start to breathe harder. That is that connection from the vestibular system to actually put you in that quick, ready, responsive mode. And um, because the vestibular system is dysfunctional, you're kind of stuck in that mode all the time. You don't you don't know where you are, and it's extremely stressful. Mm-hmm. It's stressful and exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it um, is. So, Christy, is is there anything we didn't touch on? Um, I'm sure we've missed some stuff regarding the vestibular system. Um, is there anything we didn't we didn't touch on? Maybe if you can talk a little bit about that. Um, Depth perception, because I know I was mentioning how I was constantly running into things. <laughs> I thought I would clear yeah. the door, and then I'd run into the door jam. Um, can you kind of touch on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's relatively simple in that um, you're – well, it can be different things, obviously, but if you're not able to work with your eyes together, then your depth perception can be impacted. Um, so the vestibular system is kind of a balanced scale system. So you have a right and a left vestibular system, and they kind of project to the eyes to stabilize them together. But if you have an impairment on one side versus the other, um, then your eyes might actually not be able to work together. Um, you said your your eye was kind of deviating outward. So if those eyes are not balanced, then it's not giving you that information about your relationship to other things. Um, and we also see problems with convergence. So um, your ability to read a book or have those eyes kind of come together to see an object as you come closer to it, it's impaired. So your eyes can't come together to um, relate with that object. Yes. And I had, I had that problem as well. And I hear that in my group a lot about how, like I used to read a book a week and now I'm lucky if I can get through a book in like a month because Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's much more exhausting to read. And early on I I had a lot of memory stuff too. So it was like, I would forget what I had read. (laughs) Um, so yeah, that whole like reading and I, and I do remember my eyes, like if I would look at my phone, for instance, and then I would look up to the person I was talking to, it would, mm-hmm. it would really take me a minute to like refocus. Um, right. Absolutely. So that you're describing a psychotic eye movement. So just your ability to take your eyes from one target rapidly to another is a normal thing we should be able to do, but we can't coordinate our eyes. Our eyes are often kind of jumpy along the way when we're trying to move from one place to another, especially when we're looking at close range to a far off distance, um, which is a really big problem for students who are trying to participate in the classroom and look from their desk to follow a teacher around the room. Um, It's a big problem. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, 
like I said, it's stuff that we just take so for granted. Like we don't have to think about Mm -hmm. it until it's actually damaged and then we don't know what to do about it. So do you have any advice for anyone listening who might be experiencing some of this, these problems? Um, What advice would you give them? Certainly. Um, So my advice is just get seen, um, get evaluated. Um, It's great to see, I think, both a physical therapist and an occupational therapist. And it's great to seek out, um, if this is a patient in the community, to seek out a clinic, um, whether it's a concussion clinic um, or a clinic that manages patients with brain injury. Um, And it's always okay to ask, how comfortable are you with treating vestibular problems? Um, Am I going to have this system looked at? Um, Because that really does, that really does need to be a part of it. Um, I do know that there are just some online resources um, for patients that have a lot of great information. Um, Not that the patient has to know everything that's going on with their clinical picture. That's our job as clinicians. Um, But at least to have that awareness that the vestibular system needs to be looked at. Um, There's the website for the manufacturer of the Neurocom. That's balanceandmobility.com. That can let you know in your state who might have access to that equipment um, so that we know that you're going to actually be evaluated comprehensively. Um, There's also the Vestibular Disorders Association, so that's vestibular.org. There's a lot of great information about um, problems after brain injuries and concussions on there and vestibular problems, and it can also point you in the direction of a practitioner, um, as well as the Brain Injury Association for your state. Um, They can let you know um, if there's a provider that might be really specifically able to address concussion, dizziness, balance problems after brain injuries. Awesome. Those are great resources. And I wrote them down, so I'm just going to say those again. Um, So balanceandmobility.com, vestibular.org, and then um, biausa.org is the Brain Injury Association of America. So if you can't Mm -hmm. locate your state, you can um, call the Brain Injury Association of America, and they will help you find your state resource. So Christy, thank you so much for being here. This has been a great conversation and I can talk vestibular like all day long. (laughs) I can too. (laughs) Thank you very much for having me. It was wonderful talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. This is, this has been great. And thank you everyone for listening. I really hope that you got some good information today from Christy. Um, She is just, so smart. Um, And it makes me so happy to meet other practitioners who really understand the vestibular system. So um, thank you again to Mount Washington Pediatric Hospital for having, um, allowing Christy to be on the podcast today. And a big thank you again to our sponsor, Minnesota Functional Neurology. You can find them online, mnfunctionalneurology.com. And again, be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zelmer. And thank you all for listening. Um, you can always find previous episodes at facesoftbi.com under the podcast series tab. And I look forward to seeing you guys all again next time. Have a great afternoon, everyone. Thank you for being a part of my journey. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>